And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Hear that podcast growling, mean and angry. Hear that local shouting, it's Dainer and Dave Ninimitz. It's Dainer and Dave Ninimitz. All right, welcome to the latest edition of Hear That Podcast. Growling, Paul Eater Jr. and Dave Ninimitz of The Athletic are with you here on a Tuesday. As yeah, it's it's just a dark place right now. Like Dave, it's it's just you you uh you, you didn't wade into the the waters. You had a bunch of editor duty that you had to do uh, after the game on Sunday, but it's still kind of a dark place. I think yeah, with the Bengals where they're at it at one and three and and the the sit burrow play burrow Jake Browning debate in full steam. There's just uh, it's it. There's a lot to sift through right now, and none of it's particularly pretty. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> normally, normally we can point and say, "Hey, you know, this aspect of the team is doing well, or this player is looking great." Right now, it's either they are not looking great, or just not doing anything that stands out, and then you have all the problems. So, yeah, it's not pretty right now. It's it's not. So, um, let's. Let's take a let's, you know what it is? It's it's soul searching time. Ah, it's, so it it's was near looking time. So we were at big boy pants time a couple weeks ago. <laughs> and now we're at soul searching time. But on, like... on, on the spectrum, like if we go through <laughs> we go through the spectrum, big boy pants time is nowhere near as serious <laughs> as soul searching and mirror looking time oh the next step if you continue to go down the spectrum is players only meeting time that's when you know it's in like the worst spot yeah um and then it's like then it be after that is uh you know calling out for coaches to be fired time right but so you they wish they were at big boy pants time right now (laughs) Those are the glory days. The glory days of big boy pants time <laughs> uh, is is where uh, where they're at right now. Let's dive into some news. Of course, Mo Egger is going to join us here, and, and I'm gonna we're gonna talk with him and kind of get into the debate about play this limited version of Joe Burrow in this offense, or res- resort to moving on to Jake Browning in your your full. Uh, playbook and what that looks like what it should you know what that conversation should be right now uh zach taylor made it clear calling it a strange question to lead yesterday asking um if burrow they're going to keep going with burrow in this capacity um this essentially putting on the front stating that this is not something that we're considering we're not going to do that Joe Burrow's our guy, and and we're not going to sit here and act like that's even a thought for us right now. I'd consider that a strange response, but yeah, I think it's more uh, just controlling the narrative and damage control and all that. 
Yeah, I think it's look. These are these are smart coaches and executives. Okay, yeah. like when when Mike Brown and Duke Tobin and Zach Taylor and, and everybody that's the decision makers here that would be in the room there, um, are sitting down talking about this. There's just no freaking way they don't say, hey, should we consider shutting this thing down for right now? It it, it looks so bad. He can't. He's taking hits now. You know, nine yesterday. There's just no way. However, when you come out and face us, right, you know it's coming. I mean, there's. He's out there watching Jamar Chase interviews. You think he doesn't know that everyone's talking yeah. about potentially should they just play Browning and or that hasn't been part of the conversation. Yeah. You know, I mean, and so they he knows it's coming, but the the front that needs to be put out there is res needs to be resolute in their minds, needs to be clear. It probably came out the wrong way. And that's not because it, it should big in big boy. If we were still in the glory days of big boy pants, <laughs> everybody could sit here and have a real conversation about it and understand they still stand behind Joe and believe in Joe. It doesn't need to be ridiculous to even be thought about. Yeah. Uh, you can have both. It, it didn't need to come off that way, but I get the point of look, we're, we're with burrow here. Like we we believe in this. This thing's going to keep getting better. We're going to go forward with this plan. We believe it can work. Sunday was awful. It it can get better. Yeah, I I get it, and I'll you'll get into it more with Mo, so we don't need to go too far down this road. But I think the difference here to me is it's one thing when Bill Belichick's answering questions about a perfectly healthy Mac Jones and whether he's going to sit him or start him. Burrow and the team need to understand this isn't about. Burrow getting benched because some other dude's going to come along and then you're never going to see Burrow play again. It's just about getting him right. So I, I get I get where Zach Taylor's coming from on that, but I also think there's just a realistic aspect of it that I don't know that it would be so bad to say, we'll look at our options, but you know, Joe's always our guy. It's again, it's just trying to control narrative and keep things the way they want it. But you know, I'm sure Mo will have some strong thoughts on this. Yeah, and I think there's there's a lot of stuff to weigh, and we'll get into that with him here in a minute. Let's get I want to let's tick through some of the other news uh that we have as the Bengals get ready to go to Arizona this weekend to play the Cardinals. Uh T. Higgins, we talked to him yesterday after he went out with the fractured rib injury, said it happened early uh in, in yesterday's game. He did. He went into the blue tent and um was in there for a while, came out, finished out the first half, said it was hurting quite a bit. He probably somehow he, you know, way he landed on it or, or whatever, but either way, fractured rib, wanted to play out the rest of the first half and get it checked out at halftime. They got it checked out at halftime, saw the fractured rib. He was out the rest of that game. He he basically said, It's not that serious. I plan not to be out for a while. I plan to be back maybe this week, maybe next week, end quote. Um, And he went on to kind of say, you know, his quote, it hurts, but I'm a football player at the end of the day. This game is brutal. You got to play through things like this. You know, pointed out that he feels like the team needs him. He knows how important these next two weeks are. And this is basically 
Um, it's up to him. Yeah. Which is an interesting situation for T. <laughs> Higgins to find himself in, is it not? Yes, it is. Um, of all people. Yeah. Uh, the guy in the contract. This is what happens, by the way, when when we talk about business decisions in contract mm-hmm. years, mm-hmm. is it's 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 as much about getting into your own head as it then becomes about willingness to play through pain and maybe not put out your best effort, be able to put out your full best effort. Yeah. Um, Even though the team might need it uh, because you're looking out for yourself a little bit. He's this week up in the air and saying it's up to him. This is going to be an interesting thing to see. I don't, I'm not the one that has to go out there and, reach to high point a ball over the middle with a broken rib, with a fractured rib. So, I mean, I'm certainly not one to, to judge yeah. how tough that must be and the play, the pain you got to play through. But this is a, this is an interesting spot for him when you consider his situation. Yeah. Especially considering the season he's having so far. And yeah. it's not like, it's not like T Higgins. He's approved himself as a great receiver. He's done that already in his career, but you know, mentally he's probably pressing because he's had what out of, four games one good one and he's had some bad moments so there that probably just adds to it and you're right it's like he he he's gonna be in some pain if he plays and I'm much like you I I can't I've never had a broken rib I don't know what it feels like but you can only imagine like everything he does out there is gonna hurt but it's a big year for him and it hasn't been a good year for him so far so a lot of pressure on him yeah, there there is a lot of pressure on him, and and so we'll we'll see. But I mean, the good news is he doesn't feel like it's going to be something that lasts um, that long, and and maybe he's about maybe he's able to go out there in a limited capacity. You know, maybe they just see how much he can do. Maybe you you do a split with him and Irwin, and maybe Yoshibash or whatever in, in mm-hmm. some capacity, and and find a way to help him grit through it. Um, Kind of the theme of this season, isn't it? Just having guys grit through it. <laughs> Gritting through it, and even though it's none of its ideal, that's the season, you know, it's the theme of most seasons. It yeah. is is finding a way to survive the attrition. It's just, you know, when the attrition is is to the mobility of your quarterback, uh, that's not just your basic attrition. It's the one thing, yeah. you know, it's one of the few things that can't happen. Um, I, I got a, We got a, a few minutes before Mo comes in, I just want to kind of talk a little bit more about the big picture of where they're at. Um, This is such a crossroads moment. And I feel like everyone, we've been talking about survive in advance mode. We talked about that last week. It continues to be that. They, they're for as bad and awful as Sunday was, it appears Joe didn't have a setback physically. Yeah. He didn't look particularly better than the week before. There there was a couple of scrambles that didn't look great, um, yeah. but, but there were a couple of scrambles, even one for a first down. Yeah. Um, there was one under center play. <laughs> I know that that kind of lit up Twitter. Look at him. He's under center. He's under center. He like turned around and did like a weird pitch. It's like, <laughs> I mean, so it, it's not looking. It'd be, it'd be different if it felt like, oh, but he's, he did 
10 clearly did 10% more than the previous week. It looked in a lot of ways similar to the previous week as far as movement ability. Um, so, but if there still is a thought and there still has to be the thought, the hope that they're banking on is survive somehow to this buy and come out the other side where he is able to do a way more of what he normally can do. That's the point, you yeah. know? Well, and, and I, that's I all said, they can bank on. I said it leading into that game. Um, I think the problem right now is you're, you're kind of running this vanilla offense based on his limitations. It's the, the Titans were not surprised by that. And they did exactly what you just said in your column. They're going to do what every team does, which is just put pressure on him constantly. Um, that's going to come down to the coaching. I think, I think you have to try to scheme some things up that still stay within his limitations, but maybe mix it up for de- against the defense. But I don't know what that is. I mean, I, I don't know how you expand that out and do something different unless it's just straight up running the ball constantly, which again, if they're going out of the shotgun, that's hard to do. So they're kind of backed into a corner, but, yeah, I mean, if you're looking for a little bit of a bright spot, you're right. He, they're, they're the 10% better is at least something, you know. He you have to lean. You have to lean a little bit more on the run game, and it felt like they were getting it, you know, and and then and then all of a sudden there were a few runs when things went sideways that didn't get them anything and put them behind the chains, and they're just screwed when they're behind mm-hmm. the chains right now because there is nothing at the next level. Yeah. There is nothing. You're now two for 22 throwing the ball over 15 yards. I mean, you can't, you can't hardly throw anything over 10 yards in a game. Yeah. And the couple times they tried to take a shot, Burrow got blown up because he can't avoid the guy that, that eventually breaks free. Mm-hmm. He has to hold it for over three seconds to wait. And that was, you know, the one where he got blown up in the first half. They're in max protect running just Jamar and T deep. Mm-hmm trying to get a shot play, a play action shot play and had a max protect everyone in. And I, and it eventually a looper came around the outside, right? As Joe was trying to throw it and he gets destroyed, decleated. Yeah. yeah. And like, so what it's, it's hard. It's just, it's just hard for them to find anything. Everything is, is hard right now. And we, and so, that's where the debate of what to do next is. But the bottom line is this. You you find a way to win. Or 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 it's over. Like I, I I am a firm believer in you only get one must win call. Okay. <laughs> it's called the must win armband. I'm I'm talking, I'm it's week five and I'm already having must win armband conversations. <laughs> Okay, you get you only get it once. You you once you've put it on, everyone knows you've already played your must win card. You have to wear mm-hmm. it around. Okay, it's on you. I I think when you consider what happens if you go to one and four, and you consider how bleak it would feel if you just went and lost at Tennessee, at Arizona, mm-hmm. and you have the schedule that they have in front of them. That currently includes maybe the Super Bowl favorites, Buffalo and San Francisco, the first two teams out of the bye. When you consider the way they're playing right now, obviously Mahomes is in that conversation. But I mean, 
they're on the shortest list. And San Francisco, Buffalo, a Houston team that just beat Pittsburgh 30 to six. Yeah, they don't they don't look like a team with a, a rookie quarterback right now. Then at Baltimore on the road on a short week. Eesh. I mean, if you're if you go to one and four, even if you beat your Seattle Seahawks, so who just sacked Daniel Jones eleven times last yeah. night. I mean, even if you pull that off and you're two and four with that well in front of you, this ain't they gotta play us time, okay? Right. Like it's over. You're one yeah. in four. This the percentages are since 1970. Teams that start one and four, six point one percent make the playoffs. That's uh that goes all the way up. Hey, positivity season to eight percent if you only go since the 02 realignment. Okay. And yeah, you've got the extra playoff spot right now, but nobody who started one and four has uh made it since they've changed this realignment the last couple of years. Maybe there's some hope there. Maybe you look around this AFC and you say, ah, I mean, where are the where where are those that last seed? Where is that coming from? You know, you everybody seems to have holes. Maybe, maybe you see it somewhere else. Maybe you're like, I mean, look, Miami, Buffalo, find your way to sift through this north. The Steelers might stink. The Browns, you know, Browns, Ravens. I don't know. You just got run by the Titans. Yeah. Chargers. I mean, I have Herbert. You're, this is not going to be something where seven and 10 is going to eight and nine is going to get you. And I, especially when you consider, I think the Rams, I think the Titans were two teams that a lot of people were just circling as definite wins. I think everybody had just assumed all along Arizona is a definite win. They don't look bad. Like that's, that's not a gimme anymore. Now it's a game. I think you can get right, but that looks like a well-coached team that has Josh Dobbs playing out of his mind. Like the gimmies are kind of gone. Like you mentioned Houston. I don't think that's a gimme anymore, especially what they just did to Pittsburgh, which they have no gimmies. They stink. Okay. There's no, there's no such thing right now. We, and I kind of wrote this in the pre column to Tennessee, Everything you knew about Bengals, Titans, everything you knew about what this should be would suggest, and the situation they were all in would suggest the Bengals should feel great and you should feel great going in there. But there's just no way anyone could feel great going into that game when you consider how questionable it all was. You still thought there'd be a way that they they would could win or should win if you're riding a little bit of the, you know, the momentum from Monday night. But they have zero gimme ability because they're not good in any yeah. capacity right now. And and when <clears> that <throat> you are, this is the NFL. Okay. Yeah. What is it? The old this is Big 12 football. Right. <laughs> like the old I mean, this, is, this is the NFL. Like you're losing. Okay. Yeah. If you if your offense stinks, if your offense ranks you know, 30th, 31st, or 32nd in every major category. If you have 0.95 points per drive, the worst since the 2020 Giants through four games, when we're talking about you and the young Sam Darnold Jets, 
uh, in 19 that didn't have a touchdown through the first four games in the first half, only three, like it doesn't matter. Like the opponent is irrelevant right now. They need to figure something out and be different and better to have even a chance to go to Arizona and win. I know that's a jarring conversation when you consider (laughs) the expectations of the season, but that's the crossroads roads you're at right now is by any means necessary to find a way to do it. Cause if you don't, it, it becomes too steep. This yeah. is, you know, it, it, oh yeah, they're just going to rip off 10 in a row. That was the most unprecedented stretch of football <laughs> in Bengals history yeah. last year. That is not something you bank on or think they can just flip this switch. And, and that's a problem is there's just way too much. And maybe that's the problem with this whole season with this team. There's way too much, just so much talent. Flip the switch BS. Like it's time you got to figure something else out or it's too late. And right now, if you lose in Arizona, it sure as hell feels too late. I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I think I, you hit on something there that I think is so true. I think that's believing. I don't know that it's in house. Obviously fans believe it, that, that you can flip that switch just because of what they've done before last year was crazy. Like no team reels off wins like that. And when you mention the murderer's row coming, you're definitely not doing it this year. So you got to get this win this week. You have to. Like, yeah. It's, it's a must. Which put, is... put, the, put the armband on. It's must yeah. win. Uh, <laughs> I got the armband here. Looking for an assist with your credit card, but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Victorinox, the makers of the original Swiss Army Knife, have been a reliable companion for life's everyday challenges, mastering functionality, innovation, iconic design, and uncompromising quality with its products. The Victorinox Swiss Army Knife provides you with all the things you don't think about until you need it. Tweezers, a screwdriver, and even a corkscrew. With the Victorinox Swiss Army Knife, you can be prepared to master everyday life. You can find Victorinox Swiss Army Knives at Dick's Sporting Goods. Uh, which which is the perfect segue to bring in uh, our friend from ESPN fifteen thirty, Mo Egger. Mo, what's going on? First, I have to unmute myself. Second, so let me get this straight: we're breaking the glass. We're breaking the the glass to pull out the must win because on our show we do this once a year. Yes, you're only allowed. Only allowed one. You're only allowed to use the this is a must win topic one time per year. You've got the armband. OK, this is the captain armband. This is gotcha. the must win armband because you got to consider it. You can't use it next week if you use it this week. No, use you it can't judiciously. use it ever. This is right. It. This is if right. they lose. You're saying the season is over if they lose. I'm not saying I'm doing it. I'm saying here's the sound. That's me. Undoing okay. it and considering so, it. I'm laying it on the table here right now. The must I, armband. I got through an entire baseball season. I didn't use the must win thing until game 161. We saw how that turned out. So I played it well. You know, there were a lot of times in August and September, I was told this could be a must win. And I go, well, you know, there's like 40 games left. So I'm willing to do it. 
I'm willing to do it. Can I, uh, first of all, it's nice to be with you. I don't want to dive into the personal lives of Bengals coaches. That's, that's not my jam. That's not my, my territory. But as you, as you well know, one of my favorite NFL tropes is how hard football coaches work. Mm-hmm. Famously so, right? They love to tell you, there are two sets of people who love to tell you how hard they work. Radio executives and football coaches, right? This is their thing. Ah, oh, we're seven days a week. We're sleeping in our offices. I don't even know my kids' names because I'm working so hard. If I was the wife or girlfriend of a Bengals offensive coach, you know what I would say? Bro, you can you can be home by 5:30. You can work bankers hours. If this is if you're if you're sleeping in your office to come up with this, like you know what you can do? You can check out your kids' extracurricular activities. You can have dinner at the dinner table. Uh, you don't have to squeeze us in for like two hours on a Friday. You know what you in fact you can come home at three o'clock. You can pick up the kids from school. I like because one way or the other, either you're going to work these insane hours and come up with something better than 49 points in four games uh, or or, you know, you could do it the other way. So I I just these coaches are working insane hours to come up with this. What are we doing? So on behalf of Bengals wives, Bengals coaches, wives and girlfriends, these guys should be home more often because working (laughs) these hours isn't working. Maybe they are. And maybe maybe the wives and girlfriends. This this is the real this is the real thing. The wives and girlfriends need to be put more, under more pressure to send them back to the office. Maybe they're yes. coming home too early, and right. it's time for them to stand up and say, "Honey, get back to the office. It's too early. You clearly have more work to do. You only work twenty one and a half hours. You need to be back <laughs> there to figure out how to pick up a Tennessee Titans blitz." Um, let's look, let's, 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 let's dive into the, the conversation of the week of the season of the moment. Uh, and that is how the hell can the Bengals win in Arizona? I mean, again, I can't believe this is where (laughs) we're at. Yeah. But but this is about one game. This is about, we're going to talk about Burrow in this percentage in capacity versus Browning with your full playbook. And remember when no one could stand to watch another freaking J- Browning pass. And it was like, <laughs> I, you just can't don't make anyone watch any more Browning. Now it's like, he's got to come in. He's yeah. got to be the savior. Yeah. I mean, it's amazing that this is where we're at, but the point is what is the best way to beat the Arizona Cardinals? Can't Jake Browning do this crap? That's out there right now. Can't he get you? You don't think he can get you one touchdown? Right. Like if he, because is there really that little belief that Browning with everyone can't score a single touchdown, and 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 it can't can't be the answer? The question is that versus riding with this current plan that Burrow's going to get better. You just got to trust him to be the one out there and not make the big mistakes and that this that and the other. Uh, it's it, the fact that it's cloudy is hard, but the question is, what is the best way to beat the Arizona Cardinals? It's all that matters right now. It's not doing what they're doing. I don't know how you could use visual evidence of four games to make the argument that what they're doing should continue. I, I don't I, I don't know how you do that I, unless you're just, you know, at some point, if you keep doing this, it's going to work. Um, 
you know, let's be honest. And we talked about this last week after the uh, euphoria of finally getting a wind died down. There was the, I think, sobering realization that like, okay, they needed a historically great defensive performance to eke out a three point win over an okay LA Rams team in front of a raucous crowd at home. Uh, if, if this is going to be the model, this is, this is going to fail more likely uh, more often than it's going to succeed. So if you're just flat out refusing to play Jake Browning because you don't believe in him, that is a damning indictment against yourself as an organization. And I, I know they're never going to come out and say that. But if if the belief in the state in the in the building is we have to keep doing this because we can't win with the other guy, that's on you. Uh, first of all, for three years, I've heard about how they like Jake Browning. Well, is that something we just say or is it something we mean? Because if you don't play him this week, it's something you just say. Um, playing Joe Burrow at this point is completely counterproductive because you have to accomplish one of two goals. You either have to sacrifice something with him physically in order for winning now, or you have to get him healthy later at the expense of winning now. Combining the two and losing now while you're putting him in further peril, especially in the fourth quarter when they're down by 24 points, is unreasonable. It's irresponsible. I, I, I don't know how anybody could get behind the idea of Joe playing this week. And look, he may play, and he may play well. He's Joe Burrow. Nobody would be stunned. But again, is anything that you've watched over the first four weeks pointing in the direction of making you want him to play? And this this is a ticking time bomb. You have a quarterback. But by the way, in two weeks, they play the Seattle Seahawks. You had uh, 11 sacks last night. Mm-hmm. Oh, that'll be fun. You have a quarterback who can't move. Like, this is not so much about the calf. It's about what's the next injury? Because if you have a quarterback who can't move, and a defense that showed the rest of the league on Sunday the blueprint for how to totally neutralize this offense, which wasn't exactly potent to begin with, Joe Burrow is going to get hurt. He's going to suffer a concussion. He's going to suffer a leg injury. Something bad is going to happen because I I watched that game on Sunday, and I I mean, after the Derrick Henry touchdown pass, which was a completely different issue, it's like, okay, let's put the other guy in. And by the way, if you're worried about Jake Browning, wouldn't have that wouldn't that have been a, an opportunity to get him some experience, a pass completion? And then maybe you go, oh my God, we can't play this guy. AJ, you're up. Like, what a failure on so many levels. But getting back to the original question, if you can't beat the Arizona Cardinals with Jake Browning, your team is not nearly as good as we thought. Your coaching staff is not nearly as good as we thought. And this whole backup quarterback thing has been a charade to begin with. I will say this. I, 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 I agree with you. Okay, I'm going to try to play the devil's advocate here for the for the debate. Yeah. Their season is on the line. Okay, mm-hmm. so they're at a crossroads. You lose here. We're, I mean, I got the damn armband out, Mo. Yeah, I understand. Okay, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to break the glass. We'll do must win. I'm I'm here. I'm in. You're you're. So if we're talking about it that way, you have two options with your set season on the line are are you gonna say i'm gonna ride that burrow can figure this out like we we, he's played twice without a setback Mm -hmm. he yeah yes it's been bad there's no question but 
you know, you go back to when it started to look a little better before the thing against Baltimore, before the end of the Baltimore game. And you're like, okay, here we go. It's coming there. This is what it's supposed to look yeah. like. Yeah. He's, he's moving a little bit, whatever. And then you had this epic. If you believe that that is close or that can be right around the corner, he's now gone two games without hurting himself. You're closer. Okay. Now, granted, it didn't look much different on Sunday than the previous week. But if you believe that it's closer and you're saying we have two ways, we're going to trust that Jake Browning in his first career start throwing his first career pass can go out there and figure this out for the first time and not make the big mistake. Or we're going to trust that Burrow, Joe Burrow, can go out here and at least figure out it enough, figure it out enough and continue to stay healthy to beat the Cardinals. You're going to go down with your guy. If I'm going down. I'm going down with my guy. Mm-hmm. The one tasked with figuring this out. And so the long-term health things, like, again, I, I I think I'm probably on your side here, but that's the other side is if you're talking about going, this is going down with the ship time, who are you going down with Joe Burrow figuring it out? Or are you going down with Jake Browning figuring out how to play quarterback in the NFL? The problem is, inevitably this was always about your defense carrying you yes and that is the inherent issue is they can't play from behind in this current situation they have to play from ahead they can't have a defense that gets it shoved down their throat three out of four games for over 170 yards plus on the ground that is a big part of the problem of the way that they need to be winning that's a thin margin for error Mm-hmm. when your offense can't do crap, but that is the makeup of how they're trying to win by not turning it over, playing it safe, hoping Burrow can find a few things for you. And, and Lou and this defense can carry you through this portion of the schedule. And that leaves you here in this spot where if they fall behind. It's a big, big issue right now. And, and, and so that's, that's more where it is than it, than it is. How can they figure this out at the quarterback position. Sure. I, I, all I can do is make an assessment based on what I've watched. What I'm watching is not Joe Burrow. Yeah. Th- this is a bizarro. This is a, a half version. This is a compromised version of Joe Burrow. I'm not watching Joe Burrow. I'm watching something else. I, I'm, I'm watching uh, a, a quarterback who's not capable of, of, of realizing his potential. And, and again, maybe something happens during the week where he miraculously uh, is mobile again. And can do Joe Burrow things again. I, I'm going to bet against that happening. I, I all I can do is is go. I, I can I can form opinions based on what I see and 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 based on what I've what I've come to expect. And, and like, boy, defensively, th- that was the most disappointing Bengals defensive effort in years because it was the first time that I've I've ever really thought like a Lou defense looked at a position ill-prepared. I mean, the Derrick Henry touchdown pass coming out of a timeout, it, it looked like they didn't even account for the possibility he was going to throw a pass. So, you know, you go, well, you trust Joe Burrow to figure it out. Can I trust Lou to figure it out? If I can, oh boy, with this with this group against Arizona, against Josh Dobbs, I can't trust Lou to figure it out. Th- this guy that we've talked about being such a great defensive coordinator should be a head coach all the early draft picks and, and all the, the investments they've made on defense. We can't trust that group to figure it out. So I trust that more than I do Joe to, to and this. We all love Joe Burrow, but I want him on the field against San Francisco. 
And, you know, granted, you go to San Francisco and you're one in five. <laughs> Good luck. But, you know, you talk about, OK, well, he hasn't had a, a an aggravation to the existing injury the last two games. And that may be true. But the injury is causing him to not be able to move. And if he's not be if he's not able to move and he's taking nine or ten hits again this week. You know, two years ago when he was behind this bad offensive line, we talked about the ticking time bomb of all the hits that he's taking, the cumulative effect. At some point, at some point, something catastrophic is going to happen. So, okay, sure, it would really suck to lose to the Arizona Cardinals if Jake Browning was the quarterback and, and, and was completely ineffective. You know what would suck more? Joe can't move, gets rocked, and now you have a calf issue and something else. And you can't dismiss that. And then go back two years ago and tell me how worried you were with all the hits that he was taking and how important it is to protect the guy. Like, again, is this something we just say? Is it something we mean? You've got to protect Joe Burrow. Protecting Joe Burrow means more than just investing money in offensive linemen. It means legitimately protecting him. And sometimes you have to protect people from themselves. Protect Joe from himself. I I said this on our show yesterday, Paul. You remember the. A.J. Green, Houston ordeal in 2016, different set of circumstances, meaningless game. A.J., for as great as he was, wasn't a quarterback. But it took Mike Brown right before Christmas to step in and go, dude, we're not doing this. And Marvin didn't like it, and A.J. didn't like it, and he flew back. But somebody stepped up and said, this doesn't make sense. And it was Mike Brown. I said on the show yesterday, I, I'm, I wish Mike Brown would get the golf cart and just Put Zach on it, put Joe on it, and go, we're not doing this, okay? We're not, we have a backup quarterback for a reason. We're not doing this. This doesn't make any sense. It's not working. And I'm and look, Joe may play and they may eke out a win, and we're all gonna feel really good about it. But I just this feels like as long as he is compromised, you are playing with fire. And the the knives are gonna come out, man. If whether they win or lose, Joe plays, he looks like he has. The hits keep coming, and now it's another injury, and it's more significant. That's going to be a really hard one for me to swallow, and it's I think it's going to be a hard one for the organization uh, to to explain away. And I I, I trust me, man. I don't want to see this season un, unfold the way it's unfolding. I, I don't want to see their their forget championship aspirations, but playoff hopes go up in smoke weeks before Halloween. But w- what I watched on Sunday was dangerous. And I, I just I need more evidence to suggest that if he plays this Sunday, it's going to look different. There's a couple of couple of pieces to that and, and that I think are, are important for us to talk about. It's fair to wonder at this point if anyone is willing to tell Joe Burrow no in that building. Mm-hmm. If we talk about what happened on Sunday in the fourth quarter when they received the ball. With 10.35 left, down 27-3, to with first and 10 at their nine. They've scored three touchdowns in, at that point, three games and three quarters. Mm -hmm. I mean, the fact that, and he's now piling up hits. Mm -hmm. The fact that you would say that he would be the one to go back out there. When Browning was warming up on the sideline at one point. Sure that he would be the one to go back out there and it wouldn't just be three handoffs and punt. I'm actually watching (laughs) Joe Burrow. Now he's running. Yeah. 
fourth and 13 running yeah, on yeah. fourth, taking a hit yeah. is, is the most, one of the most egregious things I've seen since Pittsburgh mm-hmm. in 20, mm-hmm. when it was the same thing and he was getting just decleated by the Steelers at every drop back. I don't, it, it, it there's only, there's just no way in your right mind, you're thinking that that is what should be happening out. There's just no way. So it may, it only makes me say, are, are people, is no one willing to say no to Joe? Is, is no one willing to say, look, I know you want to play man, but like 10 35 left in the fourth quarter down 20. Don't talk to me about three touchdowns and three, two point conversions. You guys Come can't on. get a first down. Yeah. Okay. You can't, you haven't had an explosive play all season. Okay, so don't talk to me about that. How about let's just let Jake go play a little bit, okay? Right. And finish this thing out. How you know it, the only way is like they're not they're afraid to tell him no in that moment, and that's so a if, problem. If you're afraid to tell someone no, you're afraid of the consequences or the fallout from telling them no. What 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 do they think Joe's going to do if they tell him no? Throw a temper tantrum? Is there going to be a public scene? Is it going to be you know if right. you, if he runs out there and you're Zach Taylor thinking like Joe just ran, went out there. Yeah. You call timeout, walk out to the huddle and put Browning out there. Yeah. And, and is there, are you, is it going to be a public scene? And if it no. is, what is the, you know, is that going to cut him off? Is he going to I mean, look, this happens. This is like a baseball thing, right? It's like yeah. at some point you got to go get the guy. And yes, he's probably going to blow off some steam after the game and call you a couple names. You come back the next day and everybody understands why it happened. I okay. watched uh, I watched the manager of the Nationals, Davey Martinez, talk about taking Max Scherzer out of games. And he's like, yeah, when you go out there, that's not fun. And he's like, but by the time I come back to the dugout, we're good. Right. Yeah. Like if if this is if we're just going to let Joe run the organization. So put the headset on him. Let, let him. I mean, well, <laughs> at the end of the day, he's a player. He's an employee. Uh, and, you know, those are in maybe dramatically overly simplified terms. And he's a different employee than Cal Adamitis. I, I, I get it. But I think enough of the guy that would he do I respect the fact that he wants to go out there? Of course. Who doesn't? I'm sure that goes a long way with his teammates. But I'm also willing to bet that Joe, after maybe the initial like, oh, come on, would go, OK, they're doing right by me. This is a mature, thoughtful guy. This isn't some pet. This isn't Johnny Manziel. This isn't some petulant brat. This is this is there. There's a difference between uh, disappointment and anger. There's a difference between disappointment and being so upset that you throw a temper tantrum. What do we think Joe's going to do? Uh, go go grab his phone in the locker room and go on a, a Twitter tirade against Zach Taylor. Do we think he's going to try to get his coach fired? This is Joe Burrow. This isn't some whiny kid. This is an adult. And and again, you know, adults can be disappointed. There there's lots of decisions that are made in our lives that we might be disappointed by them, but we understand it, right? Lots of things. So you mean to tell me Joe wouldn't understand? He doesn't see the scoreboard. He doesn't feel his calf. He doesn't see how the game is unfolding. And again, the competitor in him, of course, is going to want to gut it out. That's true for most of these guys. But they're adults. You're unwilling to say no. You know, I I, I remember back in the day, we used to talk about Ryan Friel with the Reds and how he would, like, crash into walls. And I remember thinking like, yeah, you know what? When it's a 4-4 game in the eighth, do it. When it's 13-2, to you're reckless. So there's, there's, there's sacrificing. There's putting your body on the line. Uh, there's assuming some risk. And then there's being reckless. Yeah. 
having Joe Burrow out there was reckless. And, and, and if you say, well, Joe wanted to be out there, well, then Joe is being reckless. But, but I just, I, I, I refuse to subscribe to the belief that if you say no to Joe Burrow, there's going to be this massive fallout. My guess is there would be zero fallout. My guess is when you guys asked Joe Burrow about being pulled from a 27 to three game that they had no chance of winning, he would say, well, you know, I wanted to be out there with my guys, but the, the, the coaches are looking out for my best interests. And, you know, I'm focused on next week against Arizona and it dies. It, whatever it is, if, if it was a thing, it dies almost immediately. And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. You know, we hear all the time about this coaching staff and how much they care about people and those personal relationships and how much that is gets them through adversity and how much it attracts people to this place and, and you know, understand. And then... So where is that in in this situation? If if it's about seeing Joe Burrow as a person, seeing this team and all the people that rely on him, where, where is that? At? In, the, in the name, and I'm going to do this. I'm going to go there because when you were talking earlier about when this stuff happens and it piles up, and what's the next catastrophic thing when you when you when you continue to bring in new things. I, I go back to Andrew Luck. Every mm-hmm. year it was something new with Andrew Luck. He didn't have the same recurring problem. He had a line that was bad, and then he had a thing here, and then he had this like his calf thing, and then he was fighting his shoulder. I mean, it was always every year it was something new. And I think when when that's the case, you're talking about every year it's something new. That's when you start thinking about this, like. Well, yeah, in year one, they were building the line. And then in year two, they had a long season trying to get to the post. And in year three, he had the calf thing. And then it becomes five years and the guy's like, I can't do it anymore. And now mm-hmm. I'm again, I'm not trying right. to know that, that Joe Burrow is going down that path. But this is how Andrew Luck ended up down that path. 
it becomes overwhelming when it's always something new and the and the hits and the injuries continue to pile up for different reasons because you're not fully protected. Yeah. And and again, like apply context here. You know, I know we were focusing on this week more than last, but what I want Joe out there week 15 in a 21, 21 game dealing with what he's dealing with. Sure. Let's go. Cut it out. Figure it out. Let's come up with a way to make it work in that game on Sunday. Come on. Yeah. I mean, I mean, you know, and again, like the whole idea of we can't say no to him. Do you think Mike Tomlin cares? He Mike Tomlin cares that what's going to happen if we say no to my quarterback. I mean, you know, say what you want about Mike Tomlin. Maybe you don't think he's a great coach. You think that guy goes, oh, oh, God, I, I can't say no to, you know, he is a, a Hall of Fame quarterback. <laughs> you think Andy Reid is, uh, I can't say no to Patrick Mahomes? Come on. Yeah. And and I, 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 this is maybe unfair, but, you know, oftentimes uh, a healthy, high-end MVP caliber quarterback can can make an organization seem better than it is. And then something happens to the quarterback, whether it's an injury or they leave or they retire, whatever it is. And then they go, oh, wow. I mean, look at New England right now. Look at the Indianapolis Colts for a long time. Now, I don't think the Bengals are quite there yet. But so we've we've talked for the last two years about, God, the Bengals, they're really well run and really well coached and continuity in the front office. And oh, and now there's this crack, this crack in the foundation with Joe's injury and, and our our leadership issues being revealed, our coaching issues being revealed, our roster issues being revealed that Joe was masking. It, it might be too early to arrive at such conclusions, but, you know, it won't be in three weeks or four weeks if, if we're still doing the same thing. I just, you know, it, it's it's so painful to talk about because we had such high hopes for this team this year, but I, I just want to hit the reset button. I, I want Joe to get a few weeks off and see where the team is. Look, the, the AFC North has proven not to be as good as we think. The AFC as a whole has proven not to be as great as we think. You know, again, yeah, you, you can do the math and, and look at history. If they're one in four, the, the odds are really, really against them. But the odds are going to be against them if, if something really bad happens to Joe. And I watched that game on Sunday from almost the jump, from the second drive forward, thinking something really bad is going to happen to Joe. He can't move, and they're coming after him. That's a recipe for disaster. And so uh, send him out there on Sunday. And But then if something bad happens, oh, <laughs> don't, don't, you know, don't, don't tell me, oh, they should have done it differently. Well, because because I'm I'm trying now. It's it's frustrating. It's it's frustrating to watch teams teams that have won championships, teams that have been in the playoffs and and won divisions have leaned on their backups for stretches. Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid told Patrick Mahomes, "You can't, you can't," and had a backup quarterback take him 98 yards against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Right? I mean, mm-hmm. well, in past playoff, they've had to beat a. They've had to ask the backup, go out there and win a game and do it, you know, and and you at a certain point do have to feel confidence in that. And the lack of confidence is is concerning. But again, we'll play it out. We'll see. I mean, think it, it, it's a, it's apparent clearly how that's how it's going to play out. We know they're going to ship Joe back out there this weekend and hope that this plan starts working better and they can rework it. But 
there's one thing is it can't look the same. It, it can't, it can't still be, you know, 87% of the time on third and manageable, they're dropping back to throw leading the league by an average. The average league average is 60%. You're yeah. throwing, you're going to complain about third and four when you're throwing it 87% of the time with a guy who can't move, you know, and in, in the pat last year, they had 19 successful third and manageable rushes. Eight of them were by Burrow. <laughs> like, you're that's a big part of why you're so good at that in the past. So your strategy has to, you can't complain right. about something if you're trying to do something that is un, that is untenable. Like you, you either you know start leaning on Joe Mixon or you need to start doing something different or putting in Jake, whatever it is. This clearly isn't it. Well, and if and if if they're flat out going to refuse to change what they're doing because they simply don't trust Jake Browning, when did that start? Yeah. When did when did they say to themselves, God, I mean, was it in August when they could have done something about it? Was it yeah. last week? Like, so all summer long, you know, aside from Burroughs calf, basically the story was Simeon or Browning. Did you determine during that pillow fight of a backup quarterback battle that we don't trust one of these guys? You made that determination then and then did nothing about it. Like you can't. You can't do that. You can't have it both ways. You can't all summer long talk about how, well, we're comfortable with who we have. Okay, well, who you have, you might need to win a game. You, we, you and I talked about it a bunch. We're not talking about whoever wins the backup quarterback job. Can they win a Super Bowl with them? No, they can't. Or it has to play for two straight months. Can you put them in a game and function? And all summer long, it's, okay, are, are you going to be comfortable with whoever wins this? Because neither guy's really showing all that much. Are you going to be comfortable? And I'm guessing the answer would have been, yeah, yes, we're comfortable. Okay, well, here's a here's an instance where it might make sense to play him in a game. And if you're not going to do it because you don't trust him, what were you doing all offseason? What were you doing all during training camp? By the way, you know, you might say, well, they should play A.J. McCarron. Fine. A.J. was not in an NFL camp this offseason. They, they could have signed him, I'm guessing. You've talked to him. They could have signed him, I'm guessing, in June or whenever the St. Louis Battle Hawks were done playing. So if it's, well, we we, we got to get A.J. McCarron ready, and he's not, well, what were you what were you doing? You, you just now made the determination that this quarterback who's been in your system for three parts of three years now, went through the entire offseason, played in preseason games, practiced all summer. Now he's not as good of an option as this guy that you just signed a couple of weeks ago. Well, why didn't you sign the guy months ago then? You can tell well, I'm like salty. Yes. The line I always use with this is, is, is from the world of politics. And you've heard me do it many times. It's don't play me your speech. Show me your budget. Okay. Yeah. This is, this is show me your budget week. Mm -hmm. You either, your speech said that you believed in Jake Browning. Your budget says you don't, because this is the exact situation where that belief would actually matter for you. And that's fine. If that's the case, that's fine. I won't make you go any deeper into it, Mo. Uh, after all, it's it's your birthday. You shouldn't spend it all. <laughs> Happy birthday. You shouldn't spend it all screaming and yelling about backup quarterbacks and calf injuries. You should. There's got to be some some morning cake that you can go have. Uh, no, no, there was no morning cake. No morning cake. No, I've been promised cupcakes when I get home today. OK, I've been promised cupcakes. That's good. Maybe a cookie. Uh, there could be a cookie in the mix. Yeah. Will, will there be, uh, 
you know, will there be a candle? Uh, well, in the cupcake. Are you? You can, or... you can you can relate to this because your oldest is two weeks older than my daughter, so you may be going through this. So we are like we are on alert for our first tooth to come out. Mm. Like it's it's like parallel to the ground. Yes. And so what has happened is my birthday has taken a back seat <laughs> to, the to what's going to happen when and it's going to be today because my daughter i packed her lunch this morning she goes can you put an apple in there mm -hmm. like, okay you want me to cut it up no a whole apple like suddenly you're eating a whole apples because yes. you bite it so when the tooth comes out my birthday is a, a, it's it's the jake browning of days like nobody cares about it <laughs> so we are on tooth watch tooth yeah. watch and then we found out that one of her friends, the Tooth Fairy, came, got 20 bucks from the Tooth Fairy. Oh, what, no. Oh, what are no. We doing? Absolutely not. 20, 20 no. bucks? No. First did a five, all, we, we did a five spot, and, and, then the, and then it was brought up that someone else got 20. And I said, well, that's a different fairy. I don't know who. I, I know inflation has wreaked havoc. What? <laughs> a first grader needs a 20 spot? No way. So we, 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 we've talked to the Tooth Fairy, my wife and I. And she's five dollars for the first buck for every single one after that. That's the move. We'll see. Uh, so my birthday is a non like I'll come home if the tooth is out, put away the cupcakes. I don't know if they got me presents. Put those away because it's 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 the, the front and stage, the front center stage thing that we're doing today is dealing with this tooth coming out. Yes. And the, and the impending arrival of the uh, tooth fairy. I was lucky enough to have a dentist appointment during the 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 eye of the first first tooth hurricane yeah and I just told the dentist like look yank yeah just just yank i don't care whether she says no just right just, just pull it out even say it was an accident like i can't take the wiggling back and forth oh it yeah it's over every day like you can't even do anything because every moment when you're trying to talk to them they're not listening to you they're just sitting there with their finger in their mouth wiggling the thing back and forth and touching it's like god just get maybe you need to get in there and give it a pull i i tried and uh, I was unsuccessful. No. I, I, I jokingly went to my toolbox and got some pliers out. And I'm like, here, I'm just going to need these. She ran in horror. So yeah, she tells fair. her teacher that maybe I'll get a phone call today or something. But yeah. <laughs> Mo, I appreciate you uh, spending so much time diving into this topic that I'm sure you didn't spend three hours talking about <laughs> yesterday and are not going to talk about with me from three to four today at Moreline Logger House or at all again the rest of the week. So. I, uh, I look forward to it. Thank you for yep. having me. We'll see All you. Right. See you, Mo. All right, great having Mo Eger join us as we uh, continue to go down this really enjoyable <laughs> discussion. Uh, but that's what it is. It's where it's at. This is the one that theoretically is happening behind the scenes. And yeah. so we'll have to. We're going we're gonna to shift. We're going to shift away from all that. To, you know, the point I tried to make kind of in the beginning or in the middle of, of all of this, Dave, and that is that this defense is really, this is where you end up in the problem. They need the defense to carry them through this part. They they need the defense to help win them games, to keep them from falling behind. And when you have a seven-play span, where six of those plays are all explosives and you give up all these touch. I mean, it, it, when you have Luana Rumo told us yesterday, they had 12 missed tackles hmm. and he says a three year high. So they average in the four to five range as far as how they grade them. 
per game. I mean, the, Derrick Henry is tough and all, but I mean, there's something else going on here. You now have three mm-hmm. or four games where they, you know, we talk about what's their identity? What's this team's identity? Right. I can't stand like it's like how you feel about the mismatch nightmare when how people talk about oh. things, right. I can't stand the identity conversation because your your identity is just what you're good or bad at. This this defense's identity is that they get it shoved down their throat. Yeah. Like and that's just who they who they are. You can do that to them. They're not tough enough right now. They will miss tackles. They'll have blown assignments. Um, they 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 they'll lose contain and that's part of it, you know, and you've got Cam Taylor Britt who's gotten beat a couple of times. You've got Nick Scott and Dax Hill have gone through some of those growing pains. We've seen missed tackles there. You have untimely penalties. I mean, Dax Hill, we can sugarcoat this all you want. He basically rips the running back's helmet off on third and 16 when it's over. I mean, it's yeah. over. And because he did that, they give up 10 to 10 and change minutes yeah. of critical time. It's like there's just a lot going on with this defense. It also doesn't feel like quick, easy fixes. It doesn't, but it's just so puzzling. I mean, I obviously the safeties are the spot that are so different, but what else is different? And we, I mean, we went on and on about this amazing depth on the defensive line and the front seven was looking so good in the in the preseason we got the two linebackers paid it just it feels like it doesn't make sense like this was supposed to be the one constant this and joe burrow and we've accepted that joe burrow is not a constant because of the injury it's just it's it's a head scratcher as to how this is like night and day from the past couple seasons it's not to say they haven't had vulnerabilities but if we are talking about their identity, this was not their identity the last two seasons. So it's to me, it's just a head scratcher. And we're so used to Lou Anaruma figuring it out. Maybe he does, but you would have thought they'd figure it out by now. Yeah. I mean, and just, we talk about, it's funny because we'll use the term uncharacteristic a lot because over the last two years, they've been so assignment sound. Um, They've been so good at, at making the other team earn it. And, you know, when you talk about plays like a timeout where everyone in the building (laughs) knows Derrick Henry's going to throw the jump. Not not just everyone in the building, everyone watching. Like once he lined up in Wildcat, you knew it was going to happen. And the situation dictated they needed to throw. Yes. And have a timeout. And you had a timeout to to reassess that and be like, look, they really can't afford to run it here. So if they do this same formation again, you yeah. got to think that he's throwing it. And then to just not cover a, the eligible tight end, Josh Wiley, is it's just it's just crazy stuff. It's just crazy stuff like that. I mean, that's and then and then to have missed tackles where the effort is just lacking, and and for DJ Reader to be calling it out after the game and yeah. being like, man, the you're missing this will to to get it done i mean that's uh this is this is this is just weird stuff and you you need them to bounce back um but and maybe they do but it just it's just stuff that now we've seen it three out of four weeks where teams that have said we're gonna run it at you we're gonna go after you and we're gonna find explosives they run it at them successfully and they find explosives 
a team no less with a bad offensive line that was missing guys. Like I, yeah. we we had talked about that leading into that game that this was going to be a chance for them to dominate up front because of this line. And I, I think Joe Rexroad said the same thing and it just didn't happen. It just didn't happen. And I think when you see reader saying what he said, and it certainly wasn't anything, you know, like, uh, like boiling over anything, but it gets a little concerning that you have leaders on the defense like that, that are noticing that, that guys maybe aren't bringing it. Um, it's something to keep an eye on and maybe they correct it this week, but that that I I would have thought Tennessee was the week to correct it. Yeah, I mean Tennessee had won one game since the Bengals last beat them in November. I mean, yeah, it, it, this was not a team that should be doing that to you. It just yeah. it just isn't. But the, no, enough rehashing that we don't need to continue to read. The bottom line is though, and and Lou just kind of talked about it. You know, there's just. Yeah, there's he's, he's talking about the run defense. He said, you know, 23 of the 33 rushes were for four or less. And that's a win for the defense. You know, you're getting a lot of negative plays and that and then but the rest of them are getting out. Like <laughs> I know that sounds you, you can't just have plays that are just getting out all the time. Like, that's the <laughs> point. Okay. Yeah. And how much of that, how much of that is you know, is Jesse Bates and and Von Bell not being here. It's where they catch the they catch a few of those things. They they make a couple of those tackles. They you're getting more out of that position. And that's the difference. Them them not being there to stop three or four plays from going for seven yards instead of 20 yards is the difference. I don't know. Um and I apologize by the way that heard this stuff before because I have been in the car. I rode down with James Rapine and Charlie Goldsmith down and back we all rode together and so between doing the podcast after the game talking a lot about it on the ride home doing it here again i'm having a hard time specifically remembering what i did and did not say (laughs) for people that are listening so people are like jesus again with this i apologize but like it's been a lot of conversation uh going on about all the problems when there's so many problems it's hard to keep track of which ones we talked about sure but if you want something to cheer you up, Paul, I think you should look at it this way. View the Derrick Henry touchdown as a mascot playing against little kids. I know that's one uh, of your favorite things, and that's kind of what it resembled. Yeah. Jermaine Pratt, right. a little kid just getting dumped to the ground. At least you can. I actually thought, yeah, face. the touchdown. Yeah, I, I think the where we're all the where all the little kids just kind of bounce <laughs> off the mascot yeah you know yeah. yeah yeah you're exactly right yeah that does that does make you feel better when you think about it that way <laughs> it right. makes it a little more fun it yeah. makes it a little more fun um let's 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 kind of wrap this thing up uh Bengals growler bet results um you know it, it i always like stuff like this because it kind of shows how disappointed Bengals fans must be there was Almost nobody in the vicinity of five five <laughs> yards per carry. Everybody was down in the like threes, twos. I think I saw like a one six. Yeah. I mean, everyone's thinking it's just gonna be like it's been where they've shut down Derrick Henry, and instead he goes 5.5 yards per carry. Shout out to the one pessimist <laughs> at Fultonator on Twitter who said five point 
six. Wow. So close. So close. First so close of the season, really. Uh, <laughs> so sorry, you get nothing. However, congratulations on being close. Uh, I do want to shout out a couple of subject headers because anybody sends me emails that give me a, a brief chuckle. I appreciate them. Brian Ramstetter, we're calling for a blackout tray IPA at 50 West, which I think is a good <laughs> idea. I mean, we, you know, also it's been called on to bring optimistic Bobby back on the pod. People feeling it might be a week for him. Uh, <laughs> I, I have to, well, when, when I talk to him, I will have to bring up the blackout tray IPA idea where it's just like a, like a 10, 4% just put you on your butt, <laughs> do stupid things. Uh, I, I'm, I'm in support of that. Uh, shout out to Eric Stanjo, the, uh, unidentified flying growler as the subject <laughs> header i appreciate that always keeping the aliens and the ufos on our minds you know yeah. making sure that they get represented every week <laughs> i didn't want to bring it up to mo on his birthday although he would have no. kept him uh, for long enough i didn't want yeah, to go, it would go it another out. hour it would go another hour if you yeah, no, I, I, we doesn't have we don't have to go deep into the wormhole every week <laughs> only when it calls for it uh so shout out to for keeping that uh in mind um all right, so we'll have plenty more coming this week on Wednesday. We will talk to the starting quarterback, who we are been told will be Joe Burrow. Uh, so we'll have some more in talking with him, and I'm sure he'll be thrilled to discuss his calf a little more. Mm-hmm. I I can't imagine how sick of it he must be. Uh, just we're, but we have to, like it's just the story of the entire team. You know, I can't yeah. help. It. I'm sorry that it's your calf. But it really is the story of you know what he needs. He needs to show up with a baby cow, and then really confuse talk about his calf. Were you talking about my my leg or about this cow that I (laughs) brought to the press conference? It would at least spice things up. It would be fun, be lighthearted. This is Bessie. Say hello. Yeah, I like I, I yeah, very lighthearted Joe. I'm used. Yeah, yeah that's what you're used to, right? Yeah. Now. <laughs> one and three. Yeah. Lighthearted Burrow holding sure. a calf. It'll, be, it'll be known as the the cow season when when Burrow <laughs> really showed that side of himself. Uh, yeah, I don't anticipate that, but we'll be there to find out if he does bring a cow into the press conference room. <laughs> uh, so keep it keep it locked here for that. We'll have, have much more on. Of course, on Thursday we'll be previewing. Arizona special guests uh, lined up for that. So keep it all locked here on Hear That Podcast Ground. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Hope that wasn't too bad for you. I know some of you are in a, in a tough place. Remember, it's a game. It's football, hmm. right? There's some people, sometimes it's supposed to be fun. So hopefully you guys are still having fun uh, and enjoying it. We're, we're trying to as well, but, you know. It's it's not big boy it's not big boy pants season yeah. anymore. Soul searching, soul soul searching season, uh, and and armband season, <laughs> right here. This is it. It's considering the armband season. I don't know if I'm going to be wearing it or not. We'll find out come Thursday if I officially go there. Uh, but I'm holding it. I'm holding it. Mm-hmm. All right, all right, Dave. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you next time. Have a good one, everybody.